You're listening to Coffee Chats with a Life Coach podcast, episode number three. And today we have our first guest. We have my friend Ellie, who's a perfumer, and we will chat about how we can use scent to start new habits. So a warm welcome to our first guest. Please introduce yourself and tell us how you got to be a perfumer. I obviously know the story, but I think it's fascinating. So let's start from there. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. Ooh, I'm the first guest. I love it. I'm um, Elida Dodd, and I am an engineer turned perfumer. And I always like to say that what started as a quest to wear perfume again has led to the true desires of my heart, which has been to explore the science behind scent and apply it to team building, creating habits, and critical thinking. And I started perfume not as a lifelong dream. I have to say it's not because I dreamed about it since I was a little girl. It actually was out of necessity. I became pregnant with my first child and all of a sudden my sense of smell just wreaked havoc and perfume was no longer welcome in my house. So I went from the girl who spritz herself from head to toe to banning it all together. And um, this spell lasted for about 12 years until we went on a trip to London and we went to have tea at Fornum and Mason. And we just stumbled on the beauty floor. And uh, I had, I even though I, I was able to smell again, okay, I never really was able to wear perfume in the same way that I used to. And um, for so long, I feel like I was looking for that special scent, you know, that would complete my outfit. But I would buy perfume and then two days later, I would give it to my mom, which of course, she was a happy recipient of many unloved fragrances. And um, I told this to the to the lady helping me, uh, at the, at, you know, just looking, looking for, for a scent. I told her my whole story and she said, you know, there are some famous designers who work with natural materials. So let me show you some of these. And I think my engineering brain went into overdrive at that moment. And as usual, it just uh, leads me to believe into thinking, oh, I think I can do this. And it was just kind of like one of those light bulb moments. I think I can do this. So I came back to the United States and just sort of like, spun my wheels in that daydreaming phase, you know, I think I can do it, but not really taking any action for like too long, for like three years, maybe. That's kind of how it started. And then led to another trip, which uh, was when I saw the real possibility and uh, the one that really led me into action. Fascinating. I, I love the story. It's such a good story. Do, do you remember uh, once you had your first perfume? Do you remember what scent what the main scent was the one I made you mean or the yeah, one that yeah, I um, yeah. yes uh, so when I started when I went into this journey right and the and I actually got serious about it I looked for a teacher also in the UK and I love her I love her because she teaches perfume a little bit differently and she um it's not just about mixing scents that you think you would like but more about how do you want to feel when you wear this perfume and what kind of emotions do you want to evoke in the in the wearer basically 
And um, I loved, and she teaches a lot about the science behind your sense of smell. And I was immediately hooked because that was definitely after, I mean, it just, it aligned so much with with what I love and things that I loved that I didn't really give them airtime. Like I've always loved to write, but I mean, I'm an engineer, so I'm supposed to like numbers. And um, I realized um, that it was beautiful to craft a fragrance into with these feelings and emotions in mind that you wanted to evoke rather than the scent. And it kind of starts like that. It starts out with a scent map. And then as you start evoking those emotions and just everything that's around it. So for example, a scent map starts with, um, where are you? What's the climate? Uh, what kind of, uh, what season are you in? And all of that really, it's going to dictate the kind of sense that you put into that fragrance. And, um, and then it starts, it starts very general and you, and you slowly hone in into details. But at the very beginning, I'm not really concerned as to how this is going to smell, but more about the feelings and the emotions that it's going to evoke. And then just naturally goes into things that I love. So the first perfume that I made, it was, um, the final formulation was at the beginning of 2021 but I had started basically at the end of 2020 which we were in lockdown and um a lot of heaviness of course and we used to I live in Miami so we were able to freely go outside and bike ride and walk every day and we used to do that every single day of our lives at that moment we biked and we walked every day and um, I realized that I, I started noticing things that had been there right in front of my eyes every single day of my life. But I was in such a hurry before that, that basically I was ignoring them. And for example, my neighbor has a tree that's an ilang ilang tree. And the flower is just beautiful. And I realized, so every day we would walk by his house and when it was in bloom, you just cannot mistake that that scent. It's unbelievable. I had jasmine just right outside my house in this little bush that doesn't bloom very often. But then I realized that when those little flowers started blooming, I'm like, oh my, I mean, this is amazing. I love this smell. And I had just basically all of these things had passed me by. And um, at the time I was testing scents as well, just just as part of my my course and part of it is that you have to it's it's like building an olfactory um, vocabulary and when I started analyzing all those raw materials and I kind of let myself loose a little bit so sort of like from the mindset of oh I have to get this perfect like it's it's going to be citrus or flowery just very general things I realized that there were almost character traits to these raw materials so uh all of a sudden like for example there's this material called litsi kubeba that to me it smells like the person the personality of that scent it's almost like the person who opens the dance floor at a party you know, just very full of, of personality and fun. It's kind of like I'm thinking if there was a field of lemon candy, this is what it would smell like. So I started 
I started uh, describing the sense like that. I mean, of course, you do the first things that, that come to your mind are how it sounds, you know, it's citrus, it's this, it's that. But then it started going further than that. So uh, more of like feelings and emotions, right? So when I started, um, when I did my scent map, I really knew that what I wanted for that first scent, it's I wanted lightheartedness. I wanted to be transported to a moment when we were just basically carefree and, you know, not have to worry about wearing masks or whether our, <laughs> whether our hands touched, you know, God forbid, something that would uh, get us sick and, um and and that's kind of how the scent started. I wanted it light, free, happy, joyful. Just take me back to a moment when we were carefree. And so I picked, so after all of that was done, I started picking ingredients to go with that. And um, I picked some citruses. I picked a flower of neroli, which I love. I picked litzy, of course, because it was such fun. You know, I was like, this is the carefree person that's going to just get everyone to dance. And um I picked a, a tree that's a South American tree called Copaiba, which is um, just, you know, for it, it's almost like a gentle strength, you know, it, it would be the base of the perfume, but it would be just so gentle and so not overpowering. And that's how that's how the that's how the final formulation came about. So from everything that you've just said, what I'm taking is when we like a smell we like it because the associations we have in our brain with whatever the scent was in our life or something that um, that is a memory or yeah or an event an association um, and for example I realized a few days ago one of the smells that I love is patchouli and the only reason I love patchouli is that when I was back home living um, with my mom, I had um, a diffuser, an essential oil diffuser. And that was the only oil that I found in the shop when I went to buy one. So it reminds me of home. That is the only reason why I love it. And whenever I, I smell it, like boom, <laughs> I'm back there. And exactly as you said, back to a time when I didn't really have problems. <laughs> I was cared for. Um, and, and I loved the, the smell. And I guess there are scents that we all tend to make the same association with. For example, we possibly, most of us say that the smell of garbage is not nice. But do you have any stories about smells that people normally like but there are some people that don't just because of things that happened oh yes absolutely and first of all you nailed it yes we do love what we love because we have a, a memory attached to it or or a time in your life and by the same token we don't like something because uh and, and the funny thing is that with your sense of smell is that if you don't like something you will actually get a very visceral reaction like you will recoil if you smell something that you don't like so um I always like to say that when people might be shopping for a dress 
depending on your vocabulary, you might say like, oh, that dress is so ugly, it's gross, but you don't have a physical reaction to it. But if you do smell something that you don't like, um, you will you will feel it in your body. So it's that strong. Um, I love this. Uh, I love this example because vanilla, it's something that it's usually well liked. It's actually one of those scents that will even trigger a reaction from a baby just because it's um, it's it's that I think that's the only scent actually. Uh, the other scent memories that we have, we build them as we go through life. We start very early uh, when we're kids, but um, usually people like vanilla, but I do have a friend who does not like it. And she's funny because she told we were we were doing um, this was in the early stages of my perfume. So I brought a whole a group of friends to come and um, be my guinea pigs and test it and tell me if they liked it or not. And um, she told me, well, as long as you don't use vanilla, I'm good because I cannot stand that smell. So I let her speak. And then she said, um, when I was like 12 years old, my oldest sister was uh, having a home birth and we were all in the house, but she was, you know, behind closed doors and she was uh, burning vanilla candles. So the house just really smelled of vanilla. And all I could hear through those doors were anguish <laughs> and pain. And she goes, I cannot stand that smell. And it's funny because usually people remember nice things about vanilla, right? Like your grandmother bakes for you or you're baking, you know, cookies with your friends or the holidays, which have vanilla in those desserts. So um, when she smelled my perfume, she's like, oh, I love it. You know, she starts being super complimentary. And I said, well, you know what? There's a little teensy bit of vanilla in there. And she laughed. And um, well, the thing is that once you once you start mixing and vanilla in perfume, it's used like um, like an accent note. You know, it's it's almost in a big batter of cake. Let's say you might have one or two teaspoons of vanilla, and um, it's used like that in perfumery. Otherwise, it overpowers the whole formula. So uh, that was funny, and I always like to say that because it's one of those that definitely you know throws people off because it's well liked, but no, you will have people that don't like it. <laughs> That is a great story. Um, on the same note, my mother hates cinnamon. And it's it's hard because we have cinnamon in so many things, um, including my son's cream. The, the nappy rash cream has a little bit of cinnamon. I don't detect it. But when she smelt it, she immediately fell sick. Um, she cannot stand no matter how small the quantity is she can find it in anything so now I'm a bit concerned because I love Christmas and on Christmas we have cinnamon everything including essential oils perfumes and everything and I'm thinking oh this will not be good uh, when I go and visit her I'll, I'll try not to wear anything that uh, smells like but yeah cinnamon cinnamon and vanilla some sense that we should all love, some people cannot stand. Well, <clears throat> I think this is a good segue into um, our main topic. I recently found out that I'm a highly sensitive person and my main, se my main uh, sense is scent. 
it actually is a very, very strong one for me. If, for example, I'm at the dinner table and there's something that smells off, I cannot eat anymore. It ruins it for me 100%. I have to leave, reset. Otherwise, I will not be able to, to eat anymore. But that also means I could use scent in a positive way if I wanted to. Can we, I know the answer is yes, but <laughs> let's get into it. Can we use scent to start new things? Can scent be an anchor for us to start having uh, positive actions that we can keep over time? Oh my gosh, 100%. I, um, after so much research that I've done in this, scent is maybe before COVID, probably uh, the one that gets ignored the most, right? Like if you were to ask someone, I mean, a morbid question, obviously, uh, what what sense, you know, would you be okay losing? Um, and I think during COVID, we realized that, I mean, our sense of smell, it's basically even it's there for for not just for like our well-being in very general terms, but also for safety. And um, imagine if something is burning, for example, it just alerts you. And it was a way to keep you, it's a way, it's a very primitive way to keep us safe. Um, and it's absolutely can be used for, I, 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 this is what I love about your personality, right? It's not just, nothing is just like a, like a single way, like a, just like a one way thing. There's always an, another side and, and definitely there's a positive uh, way. And, you know, our brains are very lazy. So we we're always, it's just a, a physics law, right? We're always going to look for the path of least resistance. And um, if you wanted to start creating uh, new habits, you know what, I, this was the question, right? To, to start doing new habits. If you wanted to start creating new habits, uh, you, you anchor that scent to the habit that you want. And um, without getting too much into the neuroscience of it, or we can, uh, you know that you to create a habit. Also, you need very small steps towards that towards that final outcome that you want. And um, so, doing that, chunking it into bite-sized actions, anchoring to a sense that you love, it's going to be. It's basically you're you're using the neuroscience portion of it with your sense of smell to start creating that. And people ask me sometimes, like, how long does it take to create a new habit? But it's not really about the time, because if in a month you only perform this activity twice in that month, it's not the same as the frequency, right? So how many times do you do that? But basically the habit is going to be, you get your, um, and then this is, this is, you have to know what you like, right? And, and that's not, I mean, there's no wrong or, or right way to, to do this. It's just basically a very innate, right? So also very personal, what you love, I might not like, and same thing, what I like, I might, you might not, and we will probably perceive that scent very differently. So scent is very personal, which is why it's also so, um, it has such a strength in, in um, helping us, in helping us create those habits and also in helping us just evoke that mood, right? Do you want to be focused? 
to, let's just say, write a book? Or do you want to feel energized? Or do you want to feel more grounded? And all of those scents are going to evoke that kind of mood that you want to create. So you pick that and you attach it to that action that's going to take you to, to your end goal. So for example, something that I do if I'm just starting to work on my computer, um, I have a roll-on with essential oils. Um, I think the main scent is um, something citrus, maybe orange, wild orange. And the scent is called Motivate. <laughs> and obviously that's what's supposed to be doing. So I sometimes put it on, smell it, and it's my way of saying, okay, in a few minutes, we'll start to work. Let's get into that that mood. Um, is this one way to do it? Um, and then my second question would be, let's say I don't have this information. I don't know where to start. But tomorrow, I'd like to start the habit of writing a few pages every day. Um, take me through the process. How do I choose the scent? How do I use it um, so that the next morning when I get the scent again, maybe get writing? That's that's the idea. So let's say like you, in your case, you like patchouli, right? Yes. What I would do is I would pick a scent just for this, especially if you're at the beginning of creating a habit, right? Because afterwards, your brain almost goes into that. What you want at the end is you want this to be an automatic action, right? Mm-hmm. But to start with, you you need those triggers. So what I would do is, um, let's say you want you love patchouli, right? It takes you to a time where you're you know, taken care of, and um, probably when you're doing that and you don't have a lot of things that you need to worry about, there's a lot of creativity just like floating in your <laughs> in ourselves, right? I mean, that's how I I am thinking. So if you wanted to use patchouli to just tie it to when you're going to write, I would um, have things ready. Um, just like I said, the path of least resistance, right? So have everything kind of ready to go and your roll-on, or if you have it in a roll-on or if you have it in your diffuser, however you're, you're going to do it. Um, and just you apply it, right? You take a, a, a wave of how, however that is, whether if you're applying it on your wrist or you put the you put your diffuser on and you start writing. And then the next day you do the same thing. And the next day you do the same thing. And then I think what's, what happens is that, let's say you are on vacation, you might not necessarily need because your, your, your memory will take you there. If I say... Um, I mean, you. I, I can say orange and then you sort of know what that smells like, right? Or I could say any other scent and you kind of know what that smells like. And then that's what starts happening. Then your brain is going to be automatically triggered. And then you just do that. I have, um, I have a mix that I love when I sit down to write. And I do the same thing. It's almost like, all right, I'm going to go write. And you, you associate that with a very positive. Sometimes we have that fear of the page, right? That fear of you know how it feels after you've written. You know what it feels like after you go back through 
through let's say you you wrote a few pages and you go back a few days after and you read it and you're like whoa I wrote that 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 sounds pretty good but at the moment or right when you're about to do it you have like this resistance and it's because we want it to be great we want it to be this we have like all these expectations right and um, so you know you like the end result but getting there there's all of those things that are just precluding you from from doing it uh, but then afterwards, it just becomes, you associate that. So what I do is I, I have my mix and I love sandalwood and I love, and I have a, a citrus blend that I've made. So I combine those two and I only use it when I'm going to sit down and I automatically just feel kind of like focused and grounded. That's sort of how sandalwood makes me feel. You have to, you have to see, pay attention, pay attention to how does this make me feel? You very, very personally, right? And um, and then go with that. So you, it's a little bit of trial, but maybe not so much because you're going to know automatically what you like and what you don't like. But um, then you pick your scent and you just use it for that, for that task that you want. You want to write and then you start creating your habits. And remember, it's about frequency, not about the, the time it takes in, in length and amount of months, for example. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I also love the sip. Thank you for that. For example, if you want to continue your habit in a new environment, at least you can have the scent with you and that can still trigger your brain, even though everything around you is different. I know whenever I travel, my routine is not the same just because I'm not home anymore. But yeah, having something to anchor you, um, something to still trigger your brain when you're away, that's that's brilliant. Thank you for that. And I think we do have a few um, tips, a few steps to take to start our new habits. So let's go back to you for a little bit. How is this going for you now after a few years? And what kind of doors this has opened for you? Well, it's funny because I, if you had asked me back in 2000, when I that my trip to London was in 2015. People always ask me, how long did it take you? I'm like, all right, how long did it take? That's it's kind of a great question because it's uh, there's many years in there that for someone who really hasn't been through the <laughs> through the nitty gritty, almost seems like the perfume just, just automatically came down from the skies. But um, so when I it was back in 2018 when I decided to really get serious about it. And at that time, I just, I wanted to create a perfume. I'm like, I'm just going to have to take matters into my own hands. I want to wear perfume again. And I want something that I, that I love, that I know what's in it. And it has a special meaning for me. And as I was doing that, I realized, so I, you know, as uh, entrepreneurs, we have to do a lot of, um, a lot of things ourselves. I was going to say at the beginning, but <laughs> for a big period of time, we have to do a lot of things ourselves. So I was thinking, okay, well, should I hire someone to write the copy for me? Or should I learn how to do, co- imagine I'm an engineer, so I really didn't take any marketing classes or anything. I was like, or should I do this myself? And, um, I decided to learn how to do it. And as I was taking that writing course, so can you imagine? It's like I'm 
taking my perfume course, formulating, but also on the side, it's almost like I'm learning another science because I'm learning how to how to write and how to not just write, but also, you know, how to write a web page and write copy for for so many things. And I realized how much I loved to write. And I was like, wow, I always love to write. And even though English is my second language, when I came to the United States, I I was really good at math because in my country, math, you know, <laughs> people just take like really advanced levels of math. So, um, but also I was just as good in English as I was in math. And I think it's because for me, it was a formula. Like I knew, I'm like, all right, this is a formula that I need to follow. These are the grammatical rules. If I follow this, this is right. And it's it's funny, I realized how mathematical that was for me in my brain, but I never really gave myself any airtime like, oh, you're a good writer or you're a good this or you're a good that. Because I think, I think kids or just in general, we tend to kind of get boxed in like, you're artistic, you're, you're, you're creative, you're, you know, you're good at science, you're good at sports, you're good at this. And then what a disservice I feel like we do to kids and to people because we're not linear, you know, there's so much that, that makes up who we are. And I just sort of, started giving a little airtime to the writing and I realized how much I loved it. And then I also realized that along the way I had been giving a lot of talks because I taught, you know, I would, I would, as an engineer, I had to present a lot of my findings and projects and um, I had to do a lot of presentations, which I actually really enjoyed. And then at some point I became the president of the parents association in my school and I had to do a lot of talks and I was like, I really enjoy this. And it just sort of started taking a little turn to those things that just went beyond the science, right? Perfume making is really cool for an engineer because there's a lot of science and there's a lot of math behind it. But then I also realized that I, I loved the speaking and the writing as much, as much or more than those numbers. And uh, I started giving some airtime to that and um, exploring the the science because there's th that science behind the sense of smell and how when it's applied to our well-being. And just, I was just thinking that the average consumer for perfume goes to shop for perfume just by, I like it or I don't like it. But they don't realize that when they like something, it could, it's so powerful. They could do so much with that scent, with that realization, I like this. So it just kind of started going that way and um, it just hooked me. I couldn't, I couldn't stay away. <laughs> oh, I love that. And obviously this is how we met. We were both on a, on a course on how to design your speech, your signature talk. And this is where we met. This is where we met. So what's next for you then? So I have been doing a lot of, um, I have been doing a lot of speaking lately and I know that I'm heading that way and I'm going to continue to create fragrances, especially because um, I'm starting to create for private clients. Uh, right now I'm creating a scent for the Chamber of Commerce of Coral Gables and it's been a super exciting project because it's a, it's really encompassing what that city means. So same thing, it goes beyond, you know, what makes up that scent, but more 
what kind of feelings and moods and what traditions do we have in this city and how has it changed? And it's just almost like a little bit of, I mean, a story, yes, but almost like giving, um, paying some homage to that history, you know, to that richness of that city that's so beautiful and vibrant. And um, that's really exciting for me. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that as well in the future. That really sounds exciting. So you're basically trying to get the essence of a city in a perfume. Yes. Oh, that is amazing. Well, I think this is it for our chat. And obviously, we want to know where to find you, how we can stay in touch. Um, yeah, give me a, a quick um, quick answer here, but then obviously I'll put everything in the notes. For sure. You could find me on my website, which is going to be on the show notes, but it's marbeaperfumes.com, like the city in Spain. And uh, you could find me on Instagram uh, at marbeaperfumes and come be a part of my emails. I uh, You'll get a lot of great stories and just the uh, meanings of sense through stories. You could, I'm sorry, you could do that through my website as well. Thank you for that. And yes, I will put everything in the notes. And I thank you so much, not just for all the tips, but for being my first guest. Thank you. Oh my God, please. I'm so honored. I'm so excited. Thank you for inviting me. Um, what a joy to be here with you. And thank you all. This is it for today. It's been a great one. I'll see you next week. Bye.